their last eight threes. So maybe getting back downhill, find that guy in the post. Oh, oh no. boy, that did not look good. Anthony Davis is writhing in pain and grabbing his lower right leg. That was a bad landing. That right ankle, lower leg area turned right over. And he's, as you can see, unable to put any kind of weight on it. shot clock. Westbrook hits a cutting James. Out to Reeves for three! Got it! What's up, what's up, what's up, my L.A. fam? It's your boy, L.A. Ray Harris, host of L.A. Courtside Podcast, which, of course, is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network and sponsored by DraftKings.com. Hey, that one tune that you just heard ain't going to hurt nobody. Hey, fam, my old school fam. Y'all remember that song from back in the day? Back in the 80s, song by Brick, Ain't Gonna Hurt Nobody. Man, that's 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 back then, boy, when music was the shit back then. They were actually playing musical instruments on stage instead of uh, nowadays where you have the synthesizers and, and all the other artificial music. Nothing against the music of today, of course. I listen to uh, the music of the day that the youngsters listen to, some of it anyway. But you all know I'm an old school guy. And that's one of my favorite songs from back in the 80s. And that song actually was uh, reproduced or redone by Kid and Play. If you guys didn't know that, you know, if you go on YouTube and just uh, type in Ain't Gonna Hurt Nobody and put Kid and Play, they actually remade that song. So the group Brick, I'm sure, got some money off of Kid and Play redoing that song. And one of the best parts of that song, there was a, a lead guitar solo in that particular song by one of the best guitarists from uh, the, the funk group Brick or any funk group back in the 80s by the name of Reggie Hargis Hickman, who unfortunately passed away in October of last year, 2021. And that guitar solo, a lead solo, that was a shit, man. Let me let me give you just a little uh, piece of that real quick. Reggie Hargis Hickman. Now, for all of you like myself that was born in the 60s, uh, doesn't that give you goosebumps to hear someone playing the guitar like that? Again, rest in peace, Reggie Hargis Hickman passed away in October, just past October of 2021. So, again, this is episode number 91 of LA Courts Podcast, and this is going to be the Lakers version today. 
And I just briefly want to want to talk about the Anthony Davis injury and then, of course, where the Lakers go from here. You heard the clip uh, when this episode first started when Anthony Davis um, came down really, really awkwardly on his ankle. And I tell you what, man, that injury looked horrific when it happened. My heart just dropped down to my stomach and I can only only feel sorry for for Anthony Davis. But what I want to talk about briefly is some of the comments that, you know, I read on Twitter or hear from Laker fans regarding Anthony Davis. And of course, we're all fans and everyone has their opinion. You know, you can't stop anybody from giving their opinion or anything like that. But some stuff I read is just is just vitriol at its worst. Now, I will admit that um, at, on occasion, I make fun of Anthony Davis as far as how many times he's going to fall to the floor. You know, my whole mantra seems like every game I'll say, hey, the over over under of Anthony Davis falling to the floor is, say, 3.5. And either he's going to fall to the floor four or more times or he's going to fall uh, three or less times, something like that. I had fun, you know, saying something like that. But that's really as far as I took it. You know, throughout the year, I've, I've, I've read comments, Twitter posts, heard fans where they'll say, hey, this guy is just the softest guy, softest Charmin. He's a bum. You know, he needs to get out of L.A. Uh, Charles Barkley said some things about him that uh, a lot of fans did not like. And, it, you know, it gets to a point where, you know, when the injuries that Anthony Davis has had, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with him being soft. Let me say that a player being soft. Let's say if you if you want to say Anthony Davis is a soft player, in my opinion, that means, you know, let's say if Rudy Gobert, uh, Gobert constantly backs him down into the paint and dunks over him or a Joel and B just dominates him every time they play. Or let's say with if Carl Anthony Towns, I do remember one game earlier this season when they played Minnesota and Carl Anthony Towns just dominated Anthony Davis. I mean, even I would say, hey, man, he punked you out. You know, that game, Anthony Davis did look rather soft. He looked like he may have been backing down from Carl Anthony Towns. So in that instance, if you say soft, I'll give you that if if you think that's consistent in Anthony Davis, which I don't, by the way. I don't think he's a soft player whatsoever. I just think he's a guy that doesn't play like some of the fans want him to play, like in the paint 100% of the times. I've said this all the time. That's not Anthony Davis's game. He's not an in-the-paint player on every single possession. Let's say like a, a Rudy Gobert. He's not that type of player. You know, Anthony Davis can hit the outside shot. He's proven that over and over again. Now, his three-point shooting uh, this particular season has not been that good at all. I believe he's only like in a low 20 percentile range. But other than that, you know, his his 10 to 12-foot shots, like from the elbow or right around the free throw line or especially on the baseline, Anthony Davis can hit those type of shots. You know, again, he's not a Rudy Gobert type player in the paint. He's not a DeAndre Ayton type guy. You know, he's not a, you know, as talented as, say, Joel Embiid, who's, who, uh, in my opinion, if he doesn't get injured, uh, will win the MVP. You know, Anthony Davis is just Anthony Davis. And I just don't understand the vitriol that he gets from fans. Now, 
on reading Twitter, some of the Twitter posts on Anthony Davis. This is a Twitter post by um, uh, a group called the Lakers Lead, at Lakers Lead, L-E-A-D. And uh, what they posted is, the sad thing is people like Charles Barkley and others will clown on Anthony Davis and call him street clothes. You remember uh, when Charles Barkley was talking to Shaq and Kennedy Jet Smith, and they were talking about the last injury that he had. Charles Barkley did say he called him street clothes, street clothes Davis or something like that. But they went on to say that's a freak injury and could have happened to anyone. That is not injury prone. That is just unlucky. And I agree with Lakers lead on that. Anthony Davis has to be one of the most unluckiest players as far as getting injuries that I can ever remember. I mean, I, you know, other than say like a, uh, a Greg Oden type who who really got injured like on the same foot, I believe. Or he had some feet issues. Or back in the day, Sam Bowie had like foot issues where the same foot would get injured or fractured or something like that. Anthony Davis has had injuries on all parts of his body. And I don't think any of them has anything to do with him being quote-unquote soft. The Another Twitter post, this is a doctor, Dr. Evan Jeffries on uh, Twitter, and he listed the, all the injuries that Anthony Davis has had in the past year, in the past calendar year. And let me read these off to you. Achilles tendonitis, calf, a grade two calf strain, hyperextended knee, a groin strain. Ouch. Anytime I see that one, I always say, ouch, groin strain. Who the hell wants a groin strain? A MCL sprain, grade two. A thumb sprain, a right ankle sprain. And he goes on to say it's been a tough or in a rough year for AD. So you look at all those injuries, that doesn't have anything to do with a player being soft. You know, Anthony Davis, he, you know, once he's healthy, he plays at 100%, in my opinion. He goes after rebounds offensively and defensively. You know, he hustles. You know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of Laker fans will disagree with me there, but. Again, I don't think it has anything to do with him being soft. He's just a very, 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 very unlucky uh, a basketball player. And Mike Trudell, uh, finally on Twitter, the Lakers reporter Michael Trudell, or Mike Trudell, of course, said that x-rays were negative, as we learned last night, on Davis's ankle. And he'll receive treatment over the All-Star break and be reevaluated when the team gets back. So an injury like this, they're almost kind of lucky it happened right at the All-Star break. The Lakers will be off or not playing any games for the next nine days or so. And that'll give his ankle a chance to heal. And in a couple of weeks, as mentioned by Mr. Trudell, they will reevaluate Anthony Davis and see where he's at. I believe he's also going to have an MRA sometime today to uh, just make sure that there's no structural damage uh, in that particular ankle. So, you know, the Lakers... It's just, <clears throat> excuse me, it's just a matter of them um, doing their best to overcome this injury. I mean, Anthony Davis has been injured before, so they're going to have to, you know, I hate to say this 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 phrase every time, and it's it's a phrase that you hear maybe overused a lot, next man up. You know, what else are you going to do if they play someone that, you know, big or a team that's uh, big? You know, you're going to have to have a guy like Dwight Howard is going to have to get a few more minutes. You know, 
Um, I know Laker fans don't want to hear this. DeAndre Jordan may get uh, a few more minutes if the Lakers are playing a team that's that's bigger than them. Otherwise, the Lakers will just go small and put LeBron James at the five, which, by the way, I've mentioned this before, too. LeBron James being at the five really doesn't mean a hill of beans, man. LeBron James plays the one through the five. It's not that LeBron James is, is playing the five and he's going to be posting up on every single play or he's going to be down in the paint like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or, or Wilt Chamberlain or Bill Russell and, you know, calling for the ball in the paint all the time, you know, unless he has some 6'2 guard on him or something like that, which is not going to happen. So that really doesn't mean much to me if I hear LeBron James is playing the five. But if they are playing a bigger team, you know, you got Howard and DeAndre Jordan, they're going to have to step up. Now you have the buyout market that's coming up. The Lakers may be able to secure a player on the buyout market. That's a, a possibility. Someone to come in and help out at that uh, forward position. And uh, we'll see. You know, this this is the time where Palinka is going to have to try to pull a rabbit out of his hat because what he did earlier this year by putting this team together, you know, all of these older players, you know, a lot of us were kind of skeptical about it. You know, we all hope that it would work. But right now, it's really not doing the Lakers any good. They're right now they're ninth in the Pacific Division or ninth in the West, I should say, at twenty seven and thirty one. So if the playoffs started right now, of course they would be in that ridiculous play in tournament. They are four games out of the sixth spot in the West, which is where any team in the West or the East for that matter wants to end up in the sixth spot so they don't have to play in that uh play in tournament. I believe they are like four games behind the Denver Nuggets who beat Golden State 117 to 116 last night in a very, very good basketball game. But, you know, that's what the Lakers are striving for, at least to try to get to that sixth spot. Now, in this game against the um, the Jazz, you know, LeBron, I, I, you saw the clip or heard the clip, I should say, of Austin Reeves hitting that three, you know, with a few seconds left in the game. I mean, that kid, man, I tell you, I, you know, he's not going to be a superstar or anything like that. At least I don't think so, in my opinion. But that kid should get more playing time than he gets. And I know he's a rookie, and he has ups and downs and things like that. But in my in my opinion, the guy's fearless, man. He's he's a he's a fearless basketball player, in my opinion. And when it's time to shoot the shot. You know, to step up, he does it, in my opinion. He hit that three down the stretch, and the Lakers bench just went crazy. Austin Reeves against Utah was three of six from the field, only one of four from beyond the arc. But, again, he's not afraid to jack it up. 29 minutes, scored nine points, four rebounds, two assists. He does not turn the ball over that much for a rookie. And earlier this week, uh, by the way, Frank Vogel had an interview. I'm not sure who it was with. But he said, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, that, you know, they're looking for a, like a fourth player to step up. You got your big three. You got Davis. You got LeBron. And you got Westbrook. And you need a fourth player to like to step up. Oh, man, the Twitter post of uh, Laker fans just went nuts. They were like, dude. Uh, uh, basically, they were like, Vogel, what the fuck are you thinking, man? You got Malik Monk on your team. Okay. Why isn't he consistently in the starting lineup? He was in the starting lineup against Utah. 29 minutes, 5 out of 12 from the field, 2 of 6 from beyond the arc, 13 points. Or 
how about starting Austin Reeves, the rookie, and bring and continue to bring Malik Monk off the bench? You want someone to come off your bench that can score. That would be the only reason I'm thinking why they don't consistently start Malik Monk. You have to have someone, you know, similar to back in the bad boy Piston days where they brought Vinny Johnson off the bench. Vinny Johnson rarely started with the bad boys, rarely. He would only start if they were like, say, an injury to Isaiah Thomas or Joe Dumars or something like that. Otherwise, they knew when they brought him off the bench, he was just going to do his thing. We bring, we're bringing you off the bench to score. And that's what Malik Monk's role is right now, along with Carmelo Anthony, of course, who is hurt right now. So that may be the reason why Vogel is not bringing or not allowing Malik Monk to start. So if it's not Malik Monk, then who is it going to be? I mean, it seems like they've settled on Stanley Johnson being a starter, but you're only getting limited offense from Stanley Johnson. I'm not a huge Stanley Johnson fan, but good for Stanley Johnson. He secured a uh, permanent contract between now and the end of the year, and he's starting for the L.A. Lakers. But again, you're only going to get limited minutes from him Against Utah, 19 minutes, two of six from the field, four points, four assists, a couple of rebounds. He plays, you know, pretty good defense. He's an above-average defender, which is the reason why he's out there. But other than that, you're not going to get too much offense from him. Trevor Ariza was starting uh, a lot for the Lakers. And, again, on Twitter, boy, I tell you, he's another guy that they just be blasting. Trevor Ariza, why the hell is he starting? Oh, dude, Trevor Ariza. He has his ups and downs. Some games he'll he'll play well, especially, you know, he'll get off to a good start every now and then, and then, then he'll fade. So against Utah, he came off the bench 19 minutes, one of three from the field, only three points. You know, Baysmore, you're not getting much out of Baysmore at all. That Baysmore experiment is pretty much over. I don't think he's going to be with the Lakers next year. Wayne Ellington, he's not getting a whole lot of minutes at all. You know, he's supposed to be the sharpshooter that the Lakers acquired this year, and, and which I was in favor of, by the way, but what the hell do I know? He only played four minutes, 0 of 3 from beyond the arc. You're not going to get too consistent, you know, only getting four minutes. And then, of course, you got Austin Reeves, and lastly, you have Taylor Horton Tucker, who's another guy that's just so inconsistent. It's maddening. Three points against the Utah Jazz. Three points. That was it. But in the game before that, he scored 17 points against the Golden State Warriors and that two-point loss that the Lakers had in 117-115 against Golden State. You know, he played 30 minutes in that game. <clears throat> Excuse me, 5 of 9 from the field. 3 of 5 from beyond the arc. 17 points. 7 rebounds. 3 assists. You know, he played very, very well in that game. But then he comes back against Utah and... Gives a clunker. Now, he did have four blocks, so I will give him credit for that. Taylor Horton Tucker did have four blocks. He's a guy that the Lakers tried to move at the trade deadline, but unfortunately there were no takers for, for him simply because of the way he's been playing, which is maddeningly inconsistent. And then lastly, of course, talking about LeBron James against Utah, he did his thing as usual. 40 minutes, 14 out of 23 from the field, 33 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, yada, 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 yada. The dude does it all. He's the king in some people's mind. He is the GOAT. I'm not even sure how many games in a row he's at now scoring 25 or more points. Uh, it's, it's up there in the stratosphere somewhere. I've even stopped counting. 
I mean, the guy is just amazing. He single-handedly brought the Lakers back in the fourth quarter of that Utah basketball game and gave them uh, the chance to win. I mean, the dude had this look in his eye like he wanted to win this game, period. LeBron James wanted to win this game. And there was another tweet on Twitter by Lakers Nation, at Lakers Nation. Um, And Frank Vogel says that while LeBron usually leads with his voice, tonight was about his action. And he had a look in his eyes. So think about that for a minute. Tonight was about his actions and not his words. That's one of the negative points about LeBron James that I've, you know, if you can find anything negative about him or or anything critical about LeBron James, that would be it. Yes, he can lead with his voice, but his actions are even stronger than that. In other words, in my opinion, I think LeBron James need to take over games way more than he does. You know, he's not the type of player that, you know, is, a, I would say, a ball hog. Even though, you know, he shoots the ball a lot. But, Jay, you know, I wouldn't classify him as a ball hog. LeBron James, he's the type of player that, quote, unquote, wants to make the right play. And that's okay on occasion. But sometimes, hey, man, you're the king. It's time for you to take the damn game over. That's what he did last night. That was what uh, Frank Vogel was talking about. LeBron James just simply took over the game, period, and said, I'm going to put the team on my back. My boy Anthony Davis is out, and I'm going to put the team on my back, and we're going to win this game, and that's exactly what he did. Now, the question is, you know, depending on how long Anthony Davis is out, can LeBron James sustain that between now and the end of the year? I mean, you know, we forget sometimes that the guy's 38 years old. You know, I I don't know, but if anybody can do it, it's it's the king. You know, can he lead this team on a playoff run by playing the way he's playing right now and doing what Vogel is pretty much suggesting that he he do? If you read between lines on Vogel, you know, Vogel again saying uh, LeBron James typically leads with his voice. I'm paraphrasing, leads with his voice, but tonight he led with his actions. Sounds like Vogel wants this guy to lead with his actions. And you can throw the voice piece in there as well. As we know, he's a second coach on the floor. He's a better coach than than Frank Vogel. Let's just say that. Another topic for another day. Now, I'm not so sure that LeBron is a better GM because he was very instrumental in putting this team together. But I think as far as a coach goes, a coach on the floor, yeah, LeBron James is that guy. He is that guy. So he can combine his voice. He can combine his actions and continue to be the king, and the Lakers can still have a nice run in the playoffs depending on the positioning or the position that they end up with at the end of the year. So that's pretty much where the Lakers are now. We're we're all praying for Anthony Davis to get better. Laker fans, the ones that were on Twitter last night saying, "Uh, the season is over, I'm not going to watch anymore, you might as well shut AD down for the rest of the year and LeBron James so he doesn't get hurt. I'm not going to watch until next year. Uh, This team is sorry. I'm done watching the Lakers, blah, 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 blah. You're not done watching the Lakers. You're still going to watch. You're still going to root for your team. And, you know, don't be surprised if the Lakers make some noise when the playoffs start. If everyone is healthy, of course. That's the, the, the main issue there. If everyone is healthy, I still think this team 
can make a run simply because they have LeBron James on it. So before I get to my second segment, I'm just going to briefly talk about the All-Star game real quick. Blah, I'm only doing that because, hell, I have to talk about it and, and write about it. Um, I can't stand the All-Star game, the Pro Bowl in football. I cannot stand. I love NBA basketball, but the NBA All-Star game, as far as I'm concerned, is kind of unwatchable. But, again, I watch because I'm a fan. But before I talk about that, here's a word from our sponsor, DraftKings.com. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is just too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good, baby. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's just that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, bet just $1 on any NBA team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 and over, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y all right all right all right my la fam again this your boy la ray harris of la courtside podcast Brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network and sponsored, as you just heard, by DraftKings.com. Now, that old school tune right there, Mr. Groove by One Way featuring Al Hudson. Again, one of my big time jams back in the 80s, baby. Mr. Groove, One Way featuring Al Hudson. And again, this is episode number 91, uh, the Lakers version today. I'll be doing a Clippers version in my next episode. So I just briefly, before I end uh, this particular episode, I want to talk about the All-Star game real quick. I've mentioned before I went on a break there. I'm really not a huge All-Star game fan of the NBA. Neither I am in the Pro Bowl or Major League Baseball is really the only one that I can really stomach because – you know, the pitchers are still pitching the way they normally pitch. The batters are trying to knock the ball out of the park and do whatever they can to win. 
NBA, there's no defense. You know, hockey, there's no defense. And the Pro Bowl, and again, as I mentioned, the NFL is really garbage. So this week's NBA All-Star game being in Cleveland, I just looked at my travel schedule, and I'll actually be on my way back to or down to Florida on business down in Florida on Sunday while that game is being played. So I'll probably watch it on Monday morning just to see what happened. But, you know, hey, since this is part of my job, I don't have to write about it, I have to talk about it, I have to podcast about it. So I'll just just let you guys know what I think about the two teams, I guess, Team LeBron and Team Durant. And I'm not going to go over every single player here, but just looking at these two teams, looks like Team LeBron has the best team here. I mean, hell, the guy has Steph Curry on his team. He has DeMar DeRozan, who's been playing out of his mind lately. There's even some talk about him now being in the MVP uh, conversation. Don't think he'll win it, but I tell you what, that dude is playing balls out, or in this case, bulls out. Of course, you got LeBron James. You got the Greek freak on that team. You got the Joker on that team. I mean, I go down the line, you got Luka Doncic, Donovan Mitchell, Jimmy Butler. Um, some players that you don't normally see in the All-Star game, Darius Garland of Cleveland. He'll be playing at home. Um, very, very good selection for LeBron James, and uh, kudos to Darius Garland. He has had a breakout year for the Cleveland Cavaliers, and, of course, Cleveland is playing well as a team. So you have Darius Garland along with Jared Allen on Team LeBron, two Cleveland Cavaliers who are having very, very good breakout years. And I believe Cleveland is sitting maybe third in the East, no no worse than fourth in the East, somewhere around in there. Very, very good team. And, of course, they traded for Karis LeVert. So this team is a team to look out for in the Eastern Conference playoffs. I cannot wait to the playoffs start to see the Cleveland Cavaliers play. Team LeBron also has Chris Paul on that team, the elder statesman on there. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, who we know can, can jack it up and score in bunches. And then Jimmy Butler. So I think Team LeBron, just by looking at the starters and the reserves, the starters, by the way, are Curry, DeRozan, LeBron, the Greek Freak, and the Joker. Very, very good starting five. Then you look at Team Durant. Of course, you got, you know, also very, very good players. Don't get me wrong. Team Durant has a, a boatload of all-stars and superstars as well. Starting with Trey Young and John Morant, who is, I won't even call him a breakout superstar. He broke out last year as far as I'm concerned. This guy is must-watch NBA TV. No doubt about that. Uh, you got Jason Tatum, who's who's playing awfully well with the Celtics. Andrew Wiggins, who I'm not a big fan of, or at least I haven't been a big fan of over the years, uh, has resurrected his career in Golden State. Okay, very, very deserving. He's a starter uh, on the All-Star team for Team Durant. Of course, plays for the Golden State Warriors. Then, of course, you got Joel Embiid, who in my opinion is the front runner for the NBA MVP if he stays healthy. And then the reserves for Team Durant, you got Melo Ball, of course, another must-watch TV you know, I think uh, a very, very good reward for a very, very good year. Another breakout player, young player, that when the, when the Hornets are on TV, I'm watching. Unless the Lakers and the Clippers are on, of course. But if the Hornets are on, I'm watching. Uh, DeJounte Murray is another reserves for, uh, reserve for Team Durant. Zach Levine is playing, playing balls out getting with that Bulls team who's playing very, very well. Devin Booker, we know what he can do. Phoenix Sun, he can shoot the lights out. He's a he's a type of guy 
who may come off the bench and score like 30, end up winning an MVP or something like that. You got Chris Middleton of the Bucks. You know, steady Chris Middleton. You know what you're going to get out of him. Rudy Gobert, he'll be down there protecting the paint. And then you have Carl Anthony Towns for the Timberwolves who are playing very, very well. So just, you know, looking at these two rosters, I think uh, Team LeBron has the better talent. Maybe not by much. It'll probably end up being one of those 180 to 178 games. Again, no defense until the final, I don't know, five minutes of the game or something like that. And let's just hope. Uh, no player gets injured playing in a meaningless basketball game for pretty much what it is. So with that, my L.A. fam, that ends episode number 91 of L.A. Courtside Podcast. If you don't want to miss any further episodes of my podcast, whatever platform that you use to get your podcast, whether it's uh, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Wherever you get your podcast from, just look up L.A. Courtside Podcast. You will find it and subscribe to it. And, you know, I would appreciate if you leave a comment or a review uh, on this particular podcast. So with that, again, my L.A. fam, thank you for listening as always. And until the next episode, episode number 92, that will be coming up. Peace.